Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Good morning, Al. Uh, a lot to talk to you about this morning in the programme. Just the front page of the Irish Independent is the first thing I'll talk to you about. It says stricter regulations on the way for social media. Uh, Taoiseach Michal Martin has warned that a new era of stricter rules around privacy on social media is imminent. Mr Martin was speaking in the wake of the controversy surrounding Tonish to Leo Varadkar, who was uh, covertly recorded in a nightclub. Does this fall under your umbrella, Minister? It doesn't fall directly under my umbrella, but what we are doing right across the department is bringing in stricter rules to deal with social media within the different departments. I think it's an important area for allowing the expression of free speech, but what we cannot do is allow it to be, if you like, the Wild West where anything goes and where things people wouldn't do in the real world feel that it's okay to do online. So, for example, within the Department of Justice, uh, under my remit, we are tackling this around the area of gambling to limit the amount of advertisements you can have on gambling. Minister Catherine Martin is bringing in a whole... Uh, media uh, control piece around it to kind of give an overarching uh, coverage on it. We've had other pieces of legislation here in the Department of Justice as well, such as Coco's Law, to try and tackle um, bullying online and and where people are putting up intimate images of people online, which is now a serious criminal offence. So I think it's a whole government approach. We are seeing the different departments bring in uh, stricter guidelines, stricter rules around the whole area of what's going on online because I've seen it as well as a politician as a, as a, as a yeah. person as well the, the sheer damage that has been done to some people are by abuses on social media and of course we're also seeing yeah. um, the, the rise of the far right be using social media as well to put out a lot of falsehoods about what is happening in the real world I mean, it's really got to the extremes now, hasn't it? Where people, we've had two and a half years of the most difficult, I suppose, times we've ever gone through between everything that's going on in the world. We're coming up to a festive period now where people would li- like to be able to relax and shoot the breeze and chillax. People are going to be afraid heading out if they decide to have a few scoops, let the hair down, do a bit of dancing or whatever. People are genuinely going to be afraid that someone's going to put it up on social media. Uh, can it be stopped? Well, what I would say, uh, I, I think it certainly could be better controls put on it. I think um, uh, that piece around Coco's Law that was brought in about two years ago um, is an important piece around sharing of intimate images. That can lead to serious criminal charges for someone who does put up intimate images belong to somebody else and that's not and I think that was an important piece of law we were looking at strengthening it further yet there's always that fear I mean and I think for a very young generation that's out there they're experiencing that they're growing up with this they're living with it where you know um, videos have been put up online I think it's now maybe starting to hit yeah. um, older generations as well and uh, we have to get a handle on this and I think the government is now getting a handle on it but it's it's, it's a very worrying situation yeah. when you see see the kind of privacy of people being breached in that manner um, Elsewhere like the, 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 the reshuffle is coming is that shuffle likely to affect somebody like you in a minister of state role or will it be just the senior minister offers uh, off roles what happens there? Well, every position, senior and junior, is up as part of the reshuffle. No decisions have been made by any of the leaders at this point in time. I understand they're meeting this week. So the cabinet, the new cabinet, will be announced on Saturday uh, by 
Tony Shalia for Akko when he becomes Taoiseach. Mm-hmm. And then I would expect on either but probably the Monday or Tuesday, the junior ministerial portfolios will be announced. But again, that will be a matter for the leaders uh, right. as to when to make those announcements. So, But a short answer is everything, everything is up uh, right. for discussion. And have you got any indication that you'll be left with your own portfolio? Uh, no, no, there's no indication. No minister has any indications. And I suppose, look, it's, it's probably an element of good leadership that keeps everybody yeah. on their toes, makes sure no one relaxes uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, right. You know, you, you have to uh, you have to demonstrate that you've done a, a good and effective job in your in your portfolio. And look, I, I, I feel I have, especially through the gambling legislation and through an, a large part yeah. of uh, other legislation I've brought through. So we we'll just, we'll just have to wait. All right, there's other issues I want to go through with you now, Minister. I want to get on to the Youth Diversion Project to round off our chat with you today. But first of all, can I get your response to this clip that we heard from uh, Independent Deputy Verona Murphy yesterday? I received a response uh, to a parliamentary question in relation to the status of the 96-bed unit. And unfortunately, the response that came back almost two years after it was announced, you know, that we were going to to the design stage... We haven't even yet completed the strategic investment report, and that's not due to be submitted till quarter two of 2023. So, you know, two years on from when an announcement was made, our 96-bed unit in Wexford, which is so badly needed, it does seem to be a long way off years, in fact. You and I are under no illusion about the importance of Wexford General Hospital, or haven't been for quite some time, Minister. What's the position with these 96 beds? Because when I've spoken to professionals, they say these beds are urgently needed. To me, it seems as if it's no, no closer. No, these beds are urgently needed, and that's why I've made them an absolute priority. This is an investment of approximately 100 million euros into Wexford General Hospital. It'll be the largest investment in the hospital since the hospital was built under the then Fianna Fáil government in the early 90s. The design team was appointed last summer, and I was glad to be able to announce that on your radio show. They are now at detailed design stage for the 96-bed ward block. As I say, this will be a state-of-the-art extension to Wexford General Hospital. What they're looking at now is gaming out, if you like, how the ward block will fit in with the existing hospital in terms of people maybe needing emergency services such as surgery or whatever the case may be. I think what Deputy Murphy is referring to is the strategic assessment report. That's something that has to be carried out where it is going to be an investment of $100 billion plus, and that then has to go to, the, to deeper. The HSC has effectively fast-tracked this proposal now. They're not waiting for this strategic assessment report to right. be completed before they move with the, with the extension. They have driven on with this extension, as I say, now at detailed design stage, because the HSE is 100% confident, the government is 100% confident, there's not going to be any question that it won't pass this strategic assessment report. It is needed. That's a realisation by everybody. But once you've breached the 100 million euro investment mark, a strategic assessment report has to be submitted to ensure that there's full compliance with the public spending code. And there's no question that it will pass that test. And the HSE are so confident they've actually fast-tracked the building of this extension and you're not waiting around for this SAR to be completed before driving on with the delivery of the extension. So yeah. I, I think, look, the the response to Deputy Murphy was technically correct in terms of the strategic assessment report, but what's happening on the ground, as I say, the HSE is driving on with this extension because you're confident it will pass that test. Okay, That's realistically then, the bottom line that people in County Wexford would like to know, when, when are we going to get the 96 beds? 
So the um, speaking with the hospital manager and uh, with the HSD, we expect to be fully occupied in in early 2026 because the matter will still have to go through planning and then building it. So that's a little over three years right. away now. It, but that's where to be occupied. I expect to be shovels in the ground, obviously, uh, several years before that, hopefully by the end of 2023 or early 2024, and it will be built uh, fairly rapidly from there onwards. Right, if that's one area that you, you've you given us some clarity on, although people are going to be disappointed, I think you'll agree, they thought that these would be fully operational maybe as early as next year, but that ain't going to happen, you're saying 2026. Another area that raised its head yesterday was the CPO for the university campus. The question was put to the Chief Executive Tom Enright, and it was put by Sinn Féin Councillor Tom Ford. And my understanding is the Chief Executive's response was the CPO for the university campus will be the third quarter of next year. My question I'm putting to you as a senior minister in, in the county of Wexford is, why is it taking so long? I mean, uh, Deputy Brendan Howland, when he was a minister, told me that the funding was there for this, and here we are now looking at the campus not being CPO'd till September of next year. Have I got that right? Well, in terms of the CPO, it is a legal process. I suppose if the funding was there, just the third government in a row that has ensured that that funding is in place. Um, it has been a challenge um, in terms of finding a site. That, that's been an ongoing challenge because it's such a large site is required for the delivery of this. No site was obtainable by any of the previous governments in terms of uh, by way of straight purchase. So we have to move to a compulsory purchase order. I think that shows the determination that both the government and the um, SETU are prepared to go to those lengths of the CPO to get this site, that the determination is there to do it. Unfortunately, compulsory purchase orders are a legal process. They do take time. And I've no doubt that every effort has been made to move this as quickly as possible. Yeah. At any time, an agreement could be reached. An agreement could be reached, for example, this week it, it, between the uh, the seller of the land, if you like, and the state. But if that doesn't happen, the process can take a lengthy period of time. Right. And that, that's the reality of these compulsory purchase order systems. So they are. Right. But there's one thing that's for certain is that land will be obtained and the campus will be delivered for the uh, the SETU, right. the Southeast Technology University for Wexford. I mean, that, that is absolutely critical. Every government has backed that. It is going a lot slower than anyone would have liked. But as I say, they're because of practical problems in terms of obtaining a site, not about any commitment from the government or from the Southeast Technological University. Right. And I mean, like, the dream to become a reality uh, is something that people are really hoping for. But every time this is raised, its head it seems to be going further and further down the road. And it's, it's really causing people to lose hope in this project. Are you telling me that that project is still very much on the table, on the cards, the commitment is there? No, absolutely. I mean, Taoiseach Micheál Martin, when forming this coalition, was determined to create a new department called the Department of Higher Education to ensure that these technological universities were actually created because we've been talking about the need for technology university for the southeast now since the 90s no previous government was actually able to deliver on that this government has delivered a technological university for the southeast they delivered a multi-campus university which is waterford carlow and wexford and wexford is now a university town but we need a campus so we can deliver a a state-of-the-art department uh, of that university in wexford 
it is going slow. But one thing this government has done is it has follow, followed through on its commitments in relation to creation of the university. And we will follow through in terms of getting this right. uh, location as well. It's just, unfortunately, it is frustratingly slow, but it is going in the right direction. And with right. the university there now in situ, I, I know the chair, I know the president are fully backing this as well for Wexford. Okay. It will happen. It's just as I say, frustrating for everybody. And I, I, I'm only quoting what I heard in the, in the in the council chambers yesterday. The question posed by Tom Ford, the response from the chief executive, and I definitely heard him say third quarter of next year. So I'm asking you, I suppose, as a radio presenter, on behalf of the Morning Mix listeners, to kind of drive this on as best you can as a minister. And uh, you, you've told me off air that you're going to do that. No, absolutely. There's no question about that. I want to see this. Uh, this land purchased and to get this campus uh, up and running. As I said, I mean, I went to Waterford Institute of Technology back in the 90s. They were talking then about how it was going to be university in a few years' time. It didn't happen. This government has delivered on the university and we will deliver on that campus for Wexford as well. Finally, Minister, some positive news. The youth diversion projects. I've read the uh, email that was sent to me from your your department in detail. It looks really, really interesting and really, really positive. Would you like to share with us uh, this, this project? Yeah, so one of the areas that come under my remit is youth justice, and they are administered by youth diversion projects right across the country, and I've been visiting them from Donegal down to Cork and, and, and back home and into Dublin. And we got substantial increased funding. What do youth diversion projects do is it is where a young person comes into contact with the criminal justice system, um, youth diversion projects with Ungarda Siakana step in to identify why this person is carrying out antisocial behaviour or criminal activity and can they be diverted away from that activity because ultimately what we want to do is make our communities safer and the best way we can do that is through prevention by targeting young people who might be getting involved in, in antisocial behaviour and convincing them to stop and actually lead a more productive life. Now what we find often is that the reason young people are getting involved initially is often there's traumatic background to their situation. And if we can intervene uh, in a positive way, that is very, very uh, useful. We've increased the funding in Wexford for these diversion projects. We have one in Inniscorty, which has received significant funding so that Gorey will now be covered, so the entire county will now be covered through youth diversion projects. We have Slaney, or sorry, we have uh, Safe there in Wexford Town and have thrown there in Uros, who all got additional funding as well. Leading the research in this is Sean Redmond, whose uh, family hails from Inniscorty. You had him on your show last year, yeah. uh, uh, Professor Sean Redmond down in University Limerick. So it is it, these projects are doing an awful lot of good work behind the scenes, but they are proven through uh, true research, true evidence, and also just through their work on the ground, reflecting reality to be very successful. And I've met a lot of young people who, who've gone through the system who would otherwise have maybe ended up going down a life of crime, have ended up living a very positive life. And I was talking to a young lady only recently who's now a social care worker who told me if it wasn't for youth diversion project, she simply would have ended up probably uh, destitute. So they're doing an awful lot of good work behind the scenes and and we're we're honoured to keep supporting them and the great work they're doing there in the the areas around County Wexford. And the Garda Siakona, absolutely brilliant in terms of support for these as well. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.